Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello, greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 221, taking another look here at the rookie class. Uh, if you listened last week, I did a podcast around the second tier running backs in the rookie class. And so this week I'm going to do a little bit of sharing my thoughts on the second tier wide receivers uh, in this class. Uh, the first tier wide receivers are definitely Jordan Addison, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Quentin Johnston. That's the order that I actually have them in. Uh, they'll likely be the first three receivers drafted in the NFL and in rookie drafts. And they're ranked third, fourth, and fifth behind the first tier running backs that I talked about last week, Bijan Robinson and Jamar Gibbs. So those are the first five. And I think kind of looking around the league, this is kind of the whole uh, consensus here that these top these are the top five players from fantasy perspective in one quarterback leagues at least. And so the rest are second tier. And so the second tier wide receivers, uh, that's really when there's going to begin to differentiate in our dynasty drafts, as well as there's going to be a lot of differentiation, I believe, in the NFL draft. And so the key to a successful draft for us dynasty freaks is getting the second class right, is hitting the second tier right, rather. The NFL Combine is this week. That's going to be fun. Uh, NFL Draft is still two months away, so there's definitely time to change uh, my rankings for these receivers. But right now, one of the things I love to do is to rank my rookies early before the Combine based on what I've just seen from, you know, learning a little bit more, digging into their high school uh, recruiting rankings, checking out more about their college production, and then watching all their highlight tapes. And then that's kind of all the inflection points I get until this week when we have the NFL Combine. So it'll be fun in the coming weeks to talk to you guys about my thoughts on how the Combine has affected these players. But for right now, here are my second tier wide receivers. And what I like to do too is I like to compare my rankings with Dynasty League Football or DLF, the DLF guys, just to see where we differ. But unlike last week when I had a lot of differentiation between my uh, rankings and the, their running back rankings, it's a little similar. You're going to see here at the top, um, I, I do all my rankings before I look at anyone else's. And so I did all this by myself and then realized that, wow, we're actually pretty similar on a lot of these second tier wide receivers. So maybe that means I'm in good company. Uh, that's definitely not because I followed what they said. Uh, this is my own conclusions. They just happen to be pretty similar until the last couple guys that I'll talk about here that I have ranked uh, significantly higher than they do. So let's just jump in. I think I got nine guys here in the second tier, pretty big second tier. First, we start off with Zay Flowers. I have him ranked number six overall in my rankings. Uh, Flowers is a three-star, 5'10", 177-pound wide receiver who compiled 3,401 total yards and 31 touchdowns in his four years at Boston College. What an incredible career. Uh, he's my wide receiver four, and he's also DLF's wide receiver four. Um, Flowers is one of my favorite players to watch on tape because he's an excellent route runner, super quick, has great hands, and he kind of plays angry, like he's angry. <laughs> he's a bit undersized, but he really doesn't need size to do what he wins and what how he wins and what he does best by separating from defensive backs. His breakout year was a sophomore year when he had 10 touchdowns and 892 yards. His production dipped just a bit in his junior year, but he bounced back with 12 touchdowns and 1,077 receiving yards his senior season. Uh, he's predicted to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft too, at least by DJ, um, by his last, uh, um, or Daniel Jeremiah's last uh, um, um, 
what am I trying to say here? His last uh, mock draft that he did. And so he might be the fourth of those top three that I mentioned. There might be a fourth wide receiver that gets drafted in the first round. And if so, DJ or Daniel Jeremiah is banking on it being Zay Flowers. Um, I hoped that I would actually be really higher on him than most dynasty managers because uh, I liked him so much. But now that I see that DLF and others are rank- ranking him as high as they are, I'm like, darn, I'm not going to get the steals on him that I thought that I would. Uh, two years ago, I nailed it with Amon Ross St. Brown. He was my top second-tier receiver. Last year, I think I nailed it. There's still a little bit to prove here. That was Jahan Dotson, who I had as my top second-tier guy. And so this year, that number one guy for me in the second tier is Flowers. Super excited about him. Real similar project, uh, prospect for number two is Josh Downs. I have him ranked number eight overall. Uh, Downs is a four-star, 5'10", 180-pound receiver who compiled 2,464 receiving yards and 19 touchdowns just in his last two seasons at North Carolina. Uh, he's my wide receiver five, and he's also uh, DLS wide receiver five. Uh, Downs is another player that I thought that I'd be higher on the most analysts, so I was surprised to see that DLF had him ranked as their number five receiver too. Uh, he wins similar to Flowers, but he's just a little bit less quick, maybe a little less polished in his route running, but he's really fast, and he catches a lot of deep balls he did in college, and he's a great possession receiver, catching 94 and 101 passes the last two seasons. Incredible production. Uh, he plays bigger than his slight frame at you know, 180 pounds, but he's, uh, he's, I don't think he's going to be relegated to the slot wide receiver position in the NFL. Uh, he's, he's good enough to play outside. His draft capital uh, could affect his rookie rankings quite a bit, uh, but for now, he is my fifth-ranked uh, rookie wide receiver. Next guy is uh, Keishon Butte, number ranked number nine overall for me. Uh, Butte is a five-star, six-foot, 190-pound wide receiver. He compiled just 1,823 yards and 16 touchdowns in his kind of injury-plagued years at Louisiana State or LSU. Uh, he's my wide receiver six, but he's also DLS wide receiver six. See the similarities here. I did not make this up. This is just how it, how it played out when I compared him for the first time. Uh, Butte is a five-star receiver <clears throat> in the second tier. He's the only five-star receiver in the second tier that I'm talking about today. And he was once thought to be a top Devi receiver in Dynasty Leagues after his breakout season his freshman year. I remember listening to podcasts and hearing people talk about him as being the top Devi prospect. Uh, he battled injuries throughout his career, though, and some believe he actually had some effort or attitude problems, too. The combination of these things caused his Dynasty stock to fall slightly over the last two seasons. However, his prototypical size, his five-star rating, his breakout age uh, keep him a first-round prospect in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, he's kind of a high-risk, high-reward player that specific NFL teams and dynasty managers are gladly going to be willing to take that risk. Uh, draft capital is definitely going to mean a lot for him, um, and particularly, uh, I think that the draft capital and the NFL combine are going to mean a lot for him, particularly the interview component, component of it, the health component of it when they do the medical testing, and then of course the physical testing. But I think for him, the interview and the health testing is going to do a lot to see which people, which teams will take risk on him. The higher his draft capital goes, the more you've got to consider moving him up your dynasty rankings as well. So we both ended up with him as a wide receiver seven, although I have him ninth overall, and they in Dynasty League Football has him ranked 12th overall. So I guess maybe I'm a little less risk-averse than I thought that I was. Speaking of risk-averse, this next player has me a little nervous, but I still have him ranked number 13 overall. That's Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt is a four-star, six-foot, 175-pound receiver who compiled 1,267 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns last season 
at Tennessee. He's my wide receiver seven, and he's DLF's wide receiver seven. This just keeps happening. I really loved watching Hyatt's 2022 highlight film. He was just a touchdown machine last year with 15 touchdowns and big play waiting to happen with 18.9 yards per catch. Ridiculous. But his late year breakout causes me a little bit of concern because he only had 20 and 21 catches his first two seasons at Tennessee. I really prefer to see college production where possession, you know, where, you know, possession receivers that just win without that win with route running. That's kind of my preferred player. That's why I like Flowers and Downs so uh, significantly more than Hyatt right now. I hope I'm wrong, but I kind of get this like Kevin White kind of feeling when I rank Hyatt. Just kind of a guy that had one breakout year and everyone moves him really fast up their rankings. I'm not sure that's going to happen. I do know that if I'm on the clock, I've got him ranked number 13. If I'm on the clock at the very start of the second round, I'm going to have a little bit of trepidation, trepidation drafting him. But you can't argue with how incredible this last year was. Then there's the next guy that I think I might actually move ahead of Hyatt after doing this, after actually uh, creating this podcast. I'm having second thoughts here, and that's Rashi Rice from SMU. He's number 16 ranked overall. Uh, Rice was a three-star recruit, but a 6'1", 189-pound wide receiver who compiled 3,111 receiving yards and 25 touchdowns in his four years at Southern Methodist SMU. Uh, he's my number eight wide receiver, and he's DLF's number eight wide receiver. I may rank Rice ahead of Hyatt, like I just said, now that I did this project here. I'm starting to have some second thoughts because I just like how consistent he was in his career, albeit you know, in a much weaker conference, the SEC, compared to, I don't even know what conference the SMU is in right now. Rice's perception and touchdown numbers increased every single year of his career. In his senior year, it ended with an incredibly productive 96 receptions for 1,355 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's a solid senior year. He, w- he wins with his size, uh, boxing out defenders uh, on post routes, kind of great at that back shoulder throw that you see so often in the NFL. He's definitely going to line up as an outside receiver in the NFL. He could make a great red zone target given his size and his way to win those contested balls. Uh, it's hard not to compare him to Cortland Sutton when you're actually watching the tape since they both played at SMU. And one kind of in similar ways. I think that Rice, you know, can't become like a superstar wide receiver, but I could see him become like a really reliable, you know, wide receiver two on a dynasty team, um, even maybe a wide receiver two on his own NFL team. Very consistent player that that I like. Just don't think that he can be super great, but very, uh, very uh, high floor, I believe, for him. Now we finally get to where there's some differences. My next player in this tier is Xavier Hutchinson. I have him ranked number 18 overall. Uh, Hutchinson is a three-star, 6'3", 210 pound wide receiver who compiled 2,947 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns in his three years at Iowa State. He's my wide receiver nine, but he's DLS wide receiver 13. It's a pretty big difference there finally. Uh, we finally have a big difference here in my rankings compared to theirs. He's my 18th ranked player overall, but he's DLF's 36th ranked player overall. So there you can see a big difference. Now, I might be biased here because I was at the Texas-Iowa State game this year when Hutchinson was just unstoppable. Every time you lined up, you knew, the Longhorns knew where he was going to go, and they just couldn't stop Hutchinson. It was incredible. He had 10 catches for 154 yards in that game, but he didn't score a touchdown. And that's actually the one thing that concerns me with just 15 touchdowns. He's only had 15 touchdowns in 37 games. Hutchinson's lack of touchdowns is really the only knock on his you know production profile. Uh, he broke out his freshman season, so that's good. 64 catches, 771 yards. 
He improved each of the next two seasons, so that's good. Ended up with 107 catches and 1,171 yards his senior year. Uh, his draft capital, I think, is going to play a really big role for him as to how significant he, you know, he's going to move up or down in my final rookie rankings. But I'm hoping that there's going to be at least one NFL team who likes him as much as I do. And if they do, his draft capital is going to be just fine. Um, I'm surprised that uh, they have him ranked so low because I like Hutchinson a lot because I've seen it with my own eyes right in front of my face. Watch my Longhorns get pounded. A couple more here. This is a really interesting one too. Charlie Jones, uh, ranked number 21 overall for me. Jones is only a two-star, six-foot, 188-pound receiver who compiled 1,361 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns in his lone year at Purdue last year. He's my wide receiver 10, but he's DLS wide receiver 19. So definitely a one-year wonder here. Jones started his college career at Buffalo, and he spent the next two seasons at Iowa before bursting out of the scene in his final season at Purdue. Uh, he had a total of 39 catches in his first three seasons and nearly tripled that total last season with 110 catches. Uh, he led the nation in receptions and was second in receiving yards. Unbelievable. Just this one-year wonder to do that. He's definitely a one-year wonder, kind of like a Jalen Hyatt, but I like how he amassed his yardage with 110 catches compared to Hyatt's 67. Now, you could say Hyatt, that just means he's a better big play guy. That's fair to argue. That's why he's ranked a little bit higher and has a little bit more, way more pedigree than this two-star athlete who bounced around to three different schools. But these 110 catches, it's pretty pretty fun to watch. Uh, it's too easy to compare him to another white receiver. It's not fair to compare white guys to white guys, but he has a little bit of Cooper Cup to his game. And actually, the guy he reminded me most of was Jordy Nelson. And Jordy Nelson had 122 catches his last season at Kansas State. And so these are two guys that caught a lot of balls in their last year. Um, he's the only two-star uh, recruit that I have in this, you know, second tier. But if he can do, uh, do really well, if he can test in the same range as the other wide receivers in the NFL Combine, he's definitely one of the players I'm going to watch most in the Combine to see how he measures out. If he measures out, you know, favorably or, or really, you know, in the same ballpark as all these other guys that get invited to the Combine, um, he's going to move up or at least just stay right here in my rankings. And I'll be, I'll be glad to be the odd man out that this that has him higher ranked than other people. Next guy is uh, A.T. Perry, uh, ranked number 22 overall. Uh, Perry is a three-star, 6'5", 206-pound wide receiver, so a big guy. Compiled 2,389 receiving yards and had 26 touchdowns in his final two years at Wake Forest. Uh, he's my wide receiver 11, uh, while he's DLS wide receiver 15, so a little bit of a difference there for us. Uh, Perry, you know, compiles all of his stats on big plays downfield. He averaged 15.5, 14.4, 18.2, and then 13.5 yards per catch during his four years of Wake Forest. He had 152 catches, 2,389 yards, and 26 touchdowns in his final two seasons. He's the tallest receiver in this group of second-tier guys that I'm talking about today, and he can be really an effective weapon in the end zone. What's funny, watching him on the film, though, he didn't appear, like, super fast. Um, but in the highlight film, he was always catching, you know, balls open down deep, so there's got to be something there. I'm going to be really curious to see how he tests in the NFL Combine. If he's faster than he looked on tape, uh, I think he's going to remain in the uh, this kind of range for me. If he's slower than the rest of his peers at the Combine, I think it might move him down a little bit. Hard to hard to tell from watching the tape whether his you know, downfield ability was just actually him being better or just breaks in the coverage or what was happening uh, with him there. But um, definitely a, a prospect that had a good production profile. And the last guy I'll mention here, almost didn't rank this guy in this tier, but decided to add him. You'll hear in a minute. That's Parker Washington. Had him ranked number 24. So right at the end of the second round, 
Washington is a four-star, 5'10", 212, so pretty thick for 5'10". Uh, wide receiver who compiled 1,920 yards and 12 touchdowns in his three years at Penn State. He's by wide receiver 12, while he's DLF's wide receiver 11. So there we finally have one difference where they have someone ranked higher than I do. Uh, Washington, you know, like I said, was the last of the second-tier guys, but I considered him moving him to Tier 3 because he never really had a breakout season at Penn State. His best season was the second one when he had kind of a modest 64 catches for 820 yards. However, I kept him in Tier 2 because I really liked his tape. The tape part was intriguing me watching his highlights. Uh, he's a shifty route runner, has great hands, real competitive spirit. Uh, he's a little smaller than him, but he reminded me most of Jarvis Landry. Uh, he could have a similar role in the NFL. If there's like an NFL team that just wants a receiver who can be intelligent, reliable, consistent, maybe add a little bit of attitude to the team, um, that can happen for him. I could see that happening uh, for Washington. Uh, poor draft capital could definitely move him out of the second tier, you know. but there's decent tra- you know, draft capital could keep him right here in the back of the second. Someone that I'd be willing to draft you know, at the very end of the second round. Well, there you have it, guys. Just a little bit of info before the combine, and we have the next kind of inflection point on these rookies. I'm not going to do the same thing with quarterbacks and tight ends. There's just not as much to talk about there, but thought that these last two weeks, talking about the uh, running backs and the wide receivers, who are going to be the bulk of these players that are drafted um, in, the, in the first and second rounds, thought that you guys would enjoy that. Uh, give you a little bit of insight into some of these players and my thoughts on them. It's rookie season. It's going to be pretty fun. Hope you enjoy the NFL Combine. And thanks for taking time to listen. That's a wrap this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. And again, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at DynastyFreaks at gmail.com. That's DynastyFreaks with two E's and Freaks. I'm much better on email than I am in any social media. So contact me that way. We'd love to interact with you. Again, I'd be honored if you would rate time, make time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. Speaking of which, I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. And the next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.